Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Kim. Hi Nicole. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's been it's, a while. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been, I would say, five, six months. Yeah, I think the last show came out in November. Exactly. Yeah. How have you been since then? I've been okay. I actually fractured my foot mm-hmm. while climbing as Nicole is well aware. Mm-hmm. If you watch our season four trailer, you might see me hobbling. and a bit of my walker boot hobbling into the shot. Yeah. <laughs> Every day when she comes into the office, she wears one dog mask boot. Yeah, then then when you open the shoe cabinet, you'll find one boot. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so very nice to have you back on the show. Um, for all of you who have just joined us or if you need a refresher, um, Kim is the co-host for Something Private. And the reason why we wanted to start this Nick Kim column is because I think we feel like we are two young women going through it navigating the world navigating the world yeah. like a lot of you out there and so we kind of want to share or have conversations about yeah. what the experience it's is the kind like. of conversations that you have with your friends that we hope that like we can help to replicate mm-hmm. and also like push in the right directions mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so essentially we, we will try to be insightful okay try our best <laughs> the we have it have some sources. We do. We have. We will some, have citations. Yes, we have some inkling of what we're saying. Yes. But yeah. Essentially, that's the premise of it. So, um, I think when thinking about the topics that mm. we wanted to cover for this episode of the Nick Kim column, there was one recurring theme, mm. something that we kept coming back to, and that is subtle forms of sexual harassment that are often overlooked or swept under the rug so yeah um so we were thinking about not just the very obvious physical forms of sexual harassment that you may immediately think of like rape molestation like very public uh publicly like obvious things yeah yeah. but rather things that you kind of just uh like overlook so things like catcalling things like you know uh grab uncles being a little too friendly Mm -hmm. uh things like just uh I think we define it as like verbal and visual forms of sexual harassment. And physical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Verbal, yeah. physical, On top of the physical. and yeah. Yeah. visual. Yeah, I, I think the key, the key thing is essentially that harassment is things that make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. But anything that makes you as an individual or the person on the receiving end of it feel uncomfortable counts as harassment. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I think um, in talking about this or like sharing our experiences with one another, right? It's a topic that also has been in the news quite a bit recently. Yeah, it's even trending on TikTok, Exactly, actually. exactly. Yeah. There's this trend that's going on yeah, now yeah. called the 97% trend. UN came up with this study that said that 97% of the women in UK have experienced some form of sexual harassment in their lives. And the statistic is wild because 97% means basically everyone. Basically. We were joking that the 3% are either oblivious or lying. Yeah. Yeah. But to be very fair, when we were sharing our own like experiences, we realized that there were so many things that we kind of just accept as part of being a woman. Yeah. But I think it's, 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 it's difficult also, right? Because like, exactly that's why it's called like subtle yes. forms of sexual yeah. harassment because they happen in your day-to-day activities and like, 
it could happen to you from like a grab driver then yeah. if you are in a situation and you're on the way to somewhere like an important meeting for instance then you just like uh, uncle can you drop me off here it, it's very difficult to navigate that kind of conversation right yeah it's very difficult to get out of situations in that in that correct, weird correct, kind of space yeah. correct correct but then also like that presents itself as a very real threat because like I mean, if it goes unchecked, then yeah. it could lead to even more severe instances of sexual harassment. And talking about that TikTok trend, right? It's very interesting because I was reading some of the the comments. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to hear what the other Perspective. perspectives yeah. were. So some people were saying ninety seven percent, like what a big percentage. Like show me the statistics. Show me how you conducted the study. Essentially, like in disbelief that that can be that many women questioning the United Nations. The most. The UN. <laughs> the UN. Like, why? Anyway, so that was one of that. The other was, um, I think they were, and it's a very common comment, right? They were yeah. saying, like, what was she wearing? You know, what was the victim doing at that point of time? Which she- kind of ties back to another thing that we were talking, I mean, things that we have been doing on our Instagram for, like, victim blaming and things like that. Very, very easy things to reach out to, to try and, like, make logical sense of a phenomena that you may not understand. 97% of women, I mean, Sorry to harp on that number, but it's such a big number. And granted, it is a statistic that was in the UK, but it's very I telling. Like, yeah, and I feel yeah. like it's something that even we experience kind of like bonded over, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think uh, Nicole and I were like when we first met, one of the first things that we talked about were like, you know, you would talk about like TV shows that you like or like music that you like. And uh, we both like quite a few of the same TV shows. And one of the shows that Nicole and I actually bonded over was Sex Education with a very, very attractive Gillian Anderson, by the way. But okay, that aside, mm-hmm. um, there was one episode that featured one of the main characters getting sexually harassed on a bus. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the episode, she actually attended detention. And it was one of those scenes where you're in a high school, it's one of those breakfast club-like scenes where everyone doesn't actually know each other. Everyone knows each other from school, but they don't ever talk. And the only reason that they bonded in that episode was because they had all experienced some form of sexual harassment before. Yeah, which is... It was very interesting, real. But yeah. yeah, very sad. It's like... Very sad and very real. Correct, correct. Yeah. I, I could totally imagine a scenario where I'm in an exact situation mm. where like, I meet a girl and like, she tells me about this experience that she's gone through and I immediately mm. empathize, right? Because I'm like, okay, this is something that I have experienced as well and yeah. I know what it's like to go through that. Yeah. Okay, so I think before we carry on, I just want to kind of lay out the definition of what sexual harassment is because mm. it is a very grey area. Yep. So according to the UN, sexual harassment is any unwelcome sexual advances, request for sexual favour, verbal or physical conduct or gesture of a sexual nature which might cause offence or humiliation to another. So I think it's very interesting because the term like sexual advances and sexual favour what is that broad grey you know yeah. it could be like it could be anything yeah, it could like... be anything yep yep I think the UN has a really long list of like what constitutes as sexual harassment and I find it very interesting because one of them which I think all of us can relate to is um being looked up and down you know like mm. a person's eyes like looking you the up the male gaze the male gaze all of us can yeah attest to it yeah, yeah. It's very interesting that we raise the male gaze because um, you learn from what you see on media and whatnot, right? Yeah. And but from a very young Yeah. And actually, like, even the way that you manage interpersonal relationships, you end up um, taking from the things that you see around you. Mm. So I think a very, very uh, 
it's a, it's a very touchy thing because as a young woman, you also don't learn how to manage these things when they start happening to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, for me, the experience that I had was more in the workplace. Mm. Yeah. And for you, it was more in school, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is very, very weird. because I mean, very, very different because then like power dynamics come into play mm. and also like the capacity that you are in as like a peer versus like as a as a young uh, new joiner in a in a company mm. for example yeah mm, 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 mm. yeah on the topic of learning about interpersonal relationships I think my instance of sexual harassment I would say happened to me during a period of time where I was trying to understand you know like boy-girl relationships navigating that kind of dynamic and growing up you know nobody really has like a guidebook Mm. on like BGRs all you do is like read columns um, or even to navigate like friend groups like if you are entering a new social setting yeah, yeah. so w- what happened to me was um, and I'm not sure if people can relate but essentially uh, I had just entered university and everybody was staying in like a hostel and it was at the midpoint of like the semester where we all had like a house party mm. so it was like in a chalet and stuff like that so um, basically new friendships were formed, right? And like, I had made, I had become very close to this one guy from this hostel and we were like buddies, really like buddies, like we were like eat together, stuff like that in a group setting, like not really on one-on-one. But what happened was that when we were at the chalet, um, as a part of like the initiation, I had gotten quite drunk. And so at the point of time, I... The night moved very fast. Like, I think all, all the freshies, la, what they call it, right, were, were getting very drunk and just a lot of like chaos going on, people playing games. And about maybe two hours into the night, this senior, this female senior came up to me and was like, Nicole, you better watch out because this guy has been touching you the mm. whole night and he's been like kissing you on your cheeks, on your neck, and just like groping you. And because I was drunk, I couldn't remember what was happening. But for, for some reason, when she told me that, right, instantly snapped out of it. I was like, oh, wait. Actually, yeah, like, I, I have been, I recall that he has been, like, unnecessarily touchy with me. I recall that, you know, we've been walking around the whole chalet and he's just been, like, holding me by my waist, touching, like, my arm, giving me kiss, kisses on my face and everything, basically, like, molesting me. Lah. And immediately, I was like, okay, um, I felt very lousy about myself. And I was like, okay, I went to another friend and told him that, like, I'm very uncomfortable, I want to go home. So, I left the chalet. Okay, so it's an incident that happened to me five years ago. But what is interesting is that I took about two to three years to kind of process this whole thing. I For a very long time, I kind of just like swept the, instant, the incident under the rug. I was like, okay, firstly, the first thing is that I had willingly put myself in a situation. But I had gone to the party. I had been chummy with this individual and I had gotten myself drunk, mm. right? I was like 19. The second thing is... I didn't know what to do because after the incident happened, it turned out that this guy had also molested a bunch of girls at the party, right? And um, at that point of time, because we were all freshmen, so he was getting advice, and, and I think word spreads around very fast. Yeah. So he was getting advice from some of the seniors in hostel who were telling him, okay, we understand and know your story, but you need to go and apologize to these girls. But once you have done that, we will still come back and accept you. So what he did was that like he called up all the different girls, and there were seven of us, I still remember. He called all of us up when we were all staying in hostel, and he apologized to everyone. And when it came to me, he told me that he... 
I'm the last girl that he he wanted to approach because he was afraid at how I would take the news. So essentially, what he what he said was, um, he apologized and he was very sincere about it. He was like, I'm so sorry, like this happened, but I really, 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 really don't remember doing this. And every time I was very pissed off because like. What do you mean, like, you don't remember? Like, I I know I was drunk, and at some point of time, I lost some memory, but I'm very sure, like, I know what I was feeling. And it cannot be that seven other girls... You cannot have done this to seven people. And then say you don't remember. Yeah, yeah so I was very yeah. pissed off, and I think I was even more pissed off at the fact that, like, all the seniors were egging him on. Like, they didn't come to the seven of us. None of the seniors came to the seven of us and went, like, um, are you guys okay? Nobody asked us, asked us if we were okay. It was just the seven of us having to accept that this was done to us and his apology. And eventually what happened the following couple of years was that he continued to secure his hostel stay because it's by a recommendation basis. And I had to continue seeing him around. I was, I was just feeling very upset because I cannot believe that something like that happened to me and nobody's on my side. Mm. You know? And so eventually I kind of like moved out of the hostel and like drifted from everybody there. But I think I experienced like the stages of, of acceptance. It was at first like denial. Like I can't believe this happened to me. <laughs> I don't recognize it. And then I was like angry. I was like, I want to call this person out on like social media, which I didn't do. Um, and then like slowly accepting that this has happened and like feeling regret because I think that if somebody had guided me or if I had known that I could speak out during that period of time, things would have been a lot more different. First of all, thank you for sharing. I think, um, yeah, I I understand why you took so long mm. to to kind of process it. Because mm. I think, especially in a school setting, mm. there's so many moving parts. There's so many people who kind of want to keep the status quo. They don't want to disrupt, disrupt it. They just want to kind of get it the same, get it back to where it was. Yeah. So even if this guy obviously crossed the line, seven girls is a lot of girls. Even if it was just you, it would already be more, one more than he should. Even if there were people who weren't agreeing like like weren't really comfortable with it they don't feel comfortable speaking out mm. because then they are going against the green mm. yeah mm. i think for a very long time i had kind of like swept that incident under the rug and mm. i really just buried it you know in my memory like even at the point of time i was dating somebody and i remember like he and this is it's a bit messed up but he got angry at me for putting myself in a dangerous situation. No, really. No, no really, really. No and no. It, I can understand where he's coming from also. I mean, in hindsight now. Because I, yes, I did willingly go there. Yes, I did willingly take those alcohol shots. Nobody shoved it on my throat. I took it myself. You know what I mean? But I can say that I might have wanted maybe more support from like somebody with a bit more knowledge on this area at the point of time. Sure. I would say that like my case wasn't that severe. But in hindsight, also now I can, like you were saying, I can understand that as a senior, who's gonna be like, no, like let's bring our pitchforks. Yeah, let's know? kick him out, kick him out. Correct, yeah. correct. It's 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 a difficult dynamic mm. to navigate. And while I was angry, maybe like three years ago, two years after I processed it, but really now I, I kind of like I really understand like where the challenges and difficulties are. And maybe I would say it's, it's a bit of a two-fold thing. I don't know maybe if you agree with me, but it's, it's one for the person in that situation, the me in the situation, right, to look out for myself a bit better and two for, like, people in my hostel 
to speak up when they see that something is going wrong. Not even like speak up to be like kepo, like you said just now, like, uh, are you okay? But just to check in. I mean, you're already lucky that you had that female senior to that approach you to say, hey Nick, watch out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I think, I mean, be thankful for people like that because mm. they did take the step to at mm. least say mm. something. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Because like, I think for most of us, we we'll either find ourselves in a situation of like 97%, either the victim slash survivor or the bystander. Mm. So in a situation like this, I would say that yeah, I'm thankful that somebody came up to me. If not, I would have gone the whole night and then gone home and felt like, we something's wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. But actually, when your boyfriend at the time Mm. felt uncomfortable and, like, actually directed his anger at you, now looking at it at our age, do you feel like it's because he felt angry, like, he he couldn't be there to protect you? Or, like, you know what I mean? Was he directing his anger at you, at at, at the guy, at you? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that it's his unprocessed or like he don't know mm. where to how to how to navigate what he was feeling at that point yeah. of time, right? So I didn't blame him. I, yeah, actually, I really don't blame him at all. I blame nobody last nobody's fault lah. But it's just it's the guy's fault, dude. It's the guy's fault. It's the guy's fault. Um, but. Putting taking myself out of that situation now and looking at it, right? I think these are instances that. Everybody in like who have gone through like higher education, not even higher education, like just people who go to school might have experience, right? Mm. Because yeah, the idea of like I want to fit in, I want to go to this cool party or event, I want to seem like social, I want to be this fun yeah. girl that everybody kind of struggles with. And going back to the point that I made earlier, like nobody gives you the handbook on like if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Where do you draw the line? What do I say yeah. to them, you know? Yeah, I think just to add another layer to it, I also experienced some um, forms of sexual harassment when I was growing up Mm. and in university as well. But I think none of them were as physical as yours. The one that I experienced was in the workplace, which I think is a very different dynamic because Mm. then there's a lot of power at play. There's a lot of, you know... um, I guess what is similar to what you said about fitting in, but instead of it being like parties and, and events, you are kind of a young person in a new industry, in a new kind of... You're, you're just starting your career mm. and you don't want to um, disrupt your boat because then it kind of labels you as that kind of person where like, oh, she's a prude or mm. oh, she she doesn't really... Fit the culture. Yeah, she doesn't fit the culture and, you know, we're just having fun. There's nothing wrong with it. So um, for me, in one of the places I worked at, um, I was actually emceeing an office party so this was, you know, just a kind of a big event. Like everyone, I think they rented out one of the clubs. Then we were there. It wasn't really like a, a super late night thing. It was just like a normal, like after, after office hours kind of party. And then everyone was in costume, you know, just like one of those fun events. Then um, I was emceeing and I was giving out lucky draw prizes. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you're announcing everyone. And then one of the higher ups was called to come and give out the top 10 prizes. So this was obviously towards the tail end of the night after everyone had eaten, everyone had gotten quite a few drinks down. Then um, he had come up and he stood. So there was me and another male co-host. So at first he was just standing next to me. Then he was kind of touchy, but just like an arm or whatever. Then um, his hand kind of went to my waist, then down to the small of my back. 
And then he started like whispering into my ear. And at the end of the night, he even gave me a kiss on my cheek. Um, but it was in the kind of position where I'm literally in front of the entire company uh, on a stage, like speaking into a microphone. And I can't exactly just leave. So I think in instances like this before, I've always just left because I didn't see the point of like, you're not going to remember if you are claiming that you're drunk or you're not even going to remember if you're going to say, you're going to use this as a thing where like, hey, why do you run off that day? Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. So to me, like whenever I had faced anything like this before, I would just literally like physically remove yourself. Yeah, just physically remove myself. But it was in a position where you could I could not. not yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, I was in front of everybody and also the MC. So I had to kind of just uh, keep my smile on, you know, just keep talking. And then it was very strange because I remember um, just kind of, I, I, de- I told my boyfriend, then he was just, you know, like, uh, just keep, like, be careful, you know. He mm. knows that I know what I'm doing. So he knew that I would be, I, w- I was fine. But months later, um, when I was speaking to, by then it was an ex-colleague about it, who was photographing the event. Um, like this came up organically and then he said uh, oh yeah I I actually saw that he was very touchy with you that night then I said really I didn't realise that anybody saw it and then he said as a photographer I see everything mm. and that's when I realised that hey actually you know other people are very aware that these things happen but then they also don't feel like they have any power to say anything or stop anything mm. so I mean he that that colleague that I was, the ex-colleague that I was speaking to uh, was a male. And then he he kind of, I mean, I would call him an ally because, you know, he was, he obviously saw it as a negative thing. But then could he have done anything in that setting where he pulls out his camera, he stops taking his photos and then he just like, hey, what are you doing? Stop. Yep. Yeah. Like, how can you, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. Especially when it's someone in a higher authority. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Like what kind of dynamic is there? And like, it kind of just puts you in that position where you can't do anything except, like, accept it. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced on the media publisher Our Grandfather Story. Watch our new episodes every alternate Tuesdays on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast every alternate Thursdays. New episodes will be published first on YouTube and we'll be publishing once every two weeks this season. We've also just launched our new website, so pay us a visit at somethingprivate.fm if you'd like to share your story with us or work with us. Otherwise, you can send us a message on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. We're immensely grateful for all the support you guys have given us and we really couldn't have come this far without you. If you'd like to keep supporting our work, become our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. That's patreon.com forward slash something private pod. Now back to the episode. So I think it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a work. I think talking about workplace harassment is a very different issue, right? Because like, there are a lot more factors. At, I wouldn't say a lot more factors, but like, it's, it's, it concerns your factors, yeah. livelihood, yeah. right? Like, yeah. are you going to be fired potentially there are many instances of women getting let go from the workplace because they had it's very hard to actually file a proper HR thing or even when you're asking yourself like should I even file a HR thing like should I was that something that you Uh, no I didn't yeah because to me it was something that as in he didn't 
do yeah exactly right where do you draw the line I guess it's it's just like no it's not worth it yeah but I know that there are some instances of girls who actually have went to HR mm. and then the guy was maybe just forced to make a an apology mm. and then that's about it mm. like which I mean he should not need HR to tell him that mm. there's an apology to be made mm. yeah mm. you know what I mean yep I recently watched a YouTube video <laughs> No, but it's very, it's very good. It's like this yeah. short film platform and it was about like this woman who had faced subtle forms of workplace harassment and she had brought it up to HR. But because she hadn't gathered any physical evidence and the perpetrator had a very good track record of like being a good employee and stuff like that, excellent worker, the people who were on the committee of like inquiry essentially... Shut her down. Yeah, like wrote, wrote off like her complaint, which is interesting because I think that it's very it's difficult to navigate. Like, yeah. how do you firstly gather evidence, yeah. and secondly, what what as a as a victim slash survivor, right? I I'm not even sure whether you or me, whether we are even clear of what kind of redress that we yeah we want from it, right? Yeah, yeah I think I mean there are a lot of high profile cases of those like really really big like yeah. workplace harassment like. Uh, like Harvey Weinstein or yeah, like, you know yeah, all those kind of stories where it's very very clear that these people did something wrong yep. but when it's all these subtle forms of sexual harassment you end up just writing it off you say like okay never mind it's no big deal I can live with it mm. Um, I, I'm okay and then you end up letting it continue mm. yeah mm-hmm. let's do a let's do a check in okay you and I okay sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to know because and I don't know if been, nobody has ever asked me this before, but uh-huh. I would like to ask you and I would okay, like sure. us to have a conversation. How do you feel now, having gone through that situation yeah. of like harassment and yeah. what, I guess, are things that you felt like you sh- would have wanted to change maybe in a period of time? And how do you feel about it where you are now as an individual? Hmm. I think, honestly it's very hard to say what I can change because if I were in the situation, I will also st- I still wouldn't know what to do. Mm. If I was in the exact same situation and the exact same thing happened to me, I still can't leave. Mm. Yeah. So if you can, if you ask me, like, would I have not taken up the MC role? I mean, that's a bit weird also, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the yeah. MC. It, it's like, you can still enjoy the night and have this happen to you. I think those are two separate things. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know because it's such a precarious situation Mm. um where i am now is that you know i'm glad that i left Mm. uh, but i didn't obviously leave because Because of of this incident yeah Yeah. it was something that i definitely could live with and something that i was willing to continue working there despite of um but now that uh i have changed jobs and you know i'm in a new company i think that fear has completely like gone down so i like it's a thing that you don't realise you keep in the back of your mind until you leave. Mm. Yeah, which is another thing. Mm. In a younger workplace environment with everybody of the same age um, and no longer here because, you know, you're, you want to like, impress your friends or yep. whatever. Um, I think if there were any such instances, then it would be shut down like immediately. Mm. Yeah, I have that confidence now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do you think you're more equipped to navigate other potential scenarios? I mean, not particularly the one that you went through? Um, I really think it's difficult because, like I said before, I always leave when I can. 
So yes, I would say that's still an option if I weren't in such a like specific situation. Mm. But every form of sexual harassment is very different. Yeah. So you don't really find like one it's a it's not a, like one solution for all yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to know like, okay, these are my options and what can I do now? Mm. Kind of thing. Well, I'm sorry, I'm just like now that we're on the topic of sexual harassment, right? You, you really sometimes just repress all these. Yeah, it is. Eh. You know, I, when you were talking, I just kept thinking of things that... All the things that past you. <laughs> no, it's coming up now. I'm like, wait. Yeah. Oh, was I harassed? It's true, it's true, it's true. I want to share one instance that I feel like maybe the younger people who listen to us can relate to. This is something that happened to me as part of like a guy like kind of chasing me as mm. a girl in secondary school. So I was about like, 13, mm. very young, adolescent, okay? Um, this guy was four years my senior. He was 17 and he was my neighbor. We had gone to the same school because, you know, the same like neighborhood, you go to the same school and stuff like that. And yeah, so I was in love with his friend and to, I guess, like kind of bait me to hang out with him, he would often like invite his friend over to his house and then like invite me to come over to like, their room I never Very went strange. over okay. I never went over but because I was in contact with this other guy right I was, I was texting this guy so I think he shared my number with this guy who was, who was my neighbour and this guy had eventually after he got my number what he would do is that like he would pester me for days on end about meeting up about hanging out at, the, at some point of time he was buying gifts and then at the point of time I, I really like don't judge me. I really like Katy Perry. So, <laughs> so he, had, he told me, he texted me, he was like, I bought a Katy Perry album for you. Can you come and meet me? I would like to give it to you and stuff like that. And then, because we live, we are neighbours, right? So, there was also once where he had taken the same bus as me and like, essentially like, stopped me home. So, at a point of time, and I wasn't the only one and I wasn't the only one who he had harassed because I had a group of uh, female friends and he had I guess I, this other girl in our clique who was quite pretty also lah, and he would tell her like, oh, I bought this like dress. I really want to like pass it to you. And at the end of the time, I knew it was creepy, but I really didn't know what to do. Yeah. Who, who, who would I tell? Can yeah. I tell my parents? Can I tell my teachers? Like, even my female friends were like, we we're all together like, eee, you're disgusting. But, but it's very strange because it's just unsolicited gift giving. Correct. Yeah, which is just weird. It, and it bothered I think until now, I would say like it kind of like freak, it really freaks me out. Eh? It's yeah. like I was 13 and he was like 17, pushing 20, you know? And yeah, it's just, it's just creepy. Lah. And I think what I did eventually was like I blocked him on all like social media platforms. It's really, it, to me, it was not flattering at all. I didn't feel like pursued or like I liked the attention. I hated it. It was just like creepy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just thinking about like that boy-girl relationship kind of dynamic, which is one of the things that was on the list of sexual harassment yeah. things, right? Like unwanted, constant pursuing of an individual even even after they have like rejected yeah. you. Yeah. Like I think when you start speaking to uh, like, you know, whatever gender you're interested in or like person, uh, there's all this like new kind of territory that you're very unused to. You are trying to figure out who you are in a relationship or like who you are as a woman, like, you know, exploring these kind of things for us. Then, um, I remember that I was speaking to a guy and then uh, trying to just to get to know him better. Mm. Um, and then he was telling me that, you know, he still, uh, he was going through a lot of stuff at that point. And then I was just trying to get to, like, trying to ask him more questions because I was interested. I mean, 
but before you are like you immediately uh, get interested in someone then you kind of you know ask them questions you, yep. yeah then um it got to a point where he literally like we were texting and then he literally said um you wanted to get into my head but i wanted to get into your pants so it's not gonna work and then i was i remember i was quite young so i was just like wait what because what were you 17 yeah okay like not super young but i think still he thinks it's a line Huh? He thinks it's a lie. He thinks yeah. it's like he thinks it's a line. Yeah. Yeah. He, or he was trying to bait me into you know how it's like you it's like the uh low key hero complex kind of thing. Like when somebody is troubled, then you kind of want to help them, and after it, he's just like no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or oh, he's trying. Yeah, it's kind of like a bait and switch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like he is trying to just like get me to say like. Oh, but but I do want to help you, blah, 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 or whatever, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, long story short, I kind of stopped speaking to him after a while. And then he started talking to me again after I had gotten, uh, at that point, um, together with another guy. And then he actually texted me to say, oh, you got together with this guy. I thought that if you were to going to get together with anyone, it would have been me. Yeah, which is very, very strange because who, who are you? And like, what kind of right do you have to say that? Yeah. Do you own me? Yeah. No? It's very, very strange. And then, um, I think similarly to what you mentioned earlier, uh, my boyfriend at the time got very angry at me to ask me, why would you even reply him if he said this to you before? Mm. Yeah. And then, at that point, I was thinking like, but he, why would he say this? Blah, 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 blah. Then I realized that the reason, the only reason why I replied is that he 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 actually got a rise from me, which I allowed. You know what I mean? You are enabling this person to kind of get a reaction from you, yeah. And that's what they want, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's just very strange. Like all these um instances of people who think that they can take advantage of you in different yep, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a nice segue segue yeah. to our next point on like allyship. Mm. and like I mentioned just now if you are not the victim slash survivor men or women you are definitely in a position of being a bystander yeah right? we just we also wanted to say that um, sexual harassment can happen to anyone men or women yeah which I think we we wanted to be very clear about because yeah. like in the news yeah. like you you always see uh, a large percentage of the same gender but just because it isn't reported doesn't yeah. mean that it doesn't happen yeah. yeah I mean I think a lot of the cases of harassment that happen to men often go unreported yeah. because it's, I would say, even more stigmatised yeah. for men to come forward with their stories and yeah. potentially even, like, emasculating or mm. could affect them in more ways than, I would say, women now. I think that a lot of women are coming forward more of their stories. Even mm. even 50 years ago, it was so difficult for women to come out. And if you think about, um, like, masculinity and how even that is kind of being explored nowadays, it will be a while more before men feel comfortable to share as well yeah so going back to what we were talking about earlier i think the thing that we realize is also that anyone can victim blame Mm. um even as women or like fellow victims we can also say like hey what were you doing in that situation like why would you put yourself in that situation but it's important to first stop and listen Mm. because i think every situation is different and it's important to remember that like even in the situations that we shared today um it's very hard to say what you could have done in this situation. Correct, correct. Yeah. But I would say, adding on to that, that like, 
eventually after processing what I had gone what what I had gone through and speaking about it to friends really made me feel a lot better and I think mm. that helped me in deciding that like it's not a situation that I want to pursue. Yeah. I can just honestly I can live with it. It's like yeah. fine, you know. Yeah. But and I can very comfortably talk about it yeah. even like now. So I think you're right, like hundred percent listening is definitely the first step. I would add on to stay I would add on to say listening and not rushing to kind of give like your inputs to be like but this, but that. Yeah, mm. I think um in, in many situations you will be like, but wait, can I can I un- try and understand correct if it was in this situation what we would have done. Correct, correct. But then the thing is that that's not the situation we're in. Correct. Yeah. We, we don't want to talk about how to remedy. Yeah, or like, oh, what if? Correct. It's more It of, already happened. Yeah, it already happened. <laughs> we want to talk about it. Let us <laughs> talk, you know? Yeah. Um, which leads me to the second, to the second yeah. point. I think about like lived experiences. The reason why it's called lived experiences, right? If there's a person telling you about their lived experience, I think you have Firstly, you're in a place of privilege really that they mm. allow you to be come into their space. The second thing is really to not treat it like a intellectual exercise, you know, especially yeah. if somebody went through something emotional, then you're yeah. there like trying to debate on like the factors that might have been, what the intentions were. Yeah, I mean, um the clothing example is a very obvious one, right? Because I think that's the one that comes out the most often, like, oh, is it the things that you are wearing? Or is it like the place that you were at, the time of day, these kinds of things. But the whole point is that that doesn't matter anymore because it already happened. Mm. And there are so many people who, I mean, there's so many studies to show that those factors are not like the point. Because in the case of Sarah Everett, it happened in a busy street in London, 9pm, by a policeman. The perpetrator is a man who was supposed to keep us safe. Like, what kind of nonsense? Damn wretched. Damn Damn wretched. wretched. And I think it's very interesting because from that case, one I would think is a good thing that came up from it was besides everybody talking about sexual harassment, like women coming forward with their cases a bit more. It was very interesting because there was actually like initiatives by men on social media also coming forward to be like, hey, like ladies, let's have an honest conversation. How can I be a better ally to you? How can I mm. help you feel safe in a situation where yeah, like, it, it, it's potentially unsafe. So I saw this thread about this guy who was like, if, let's say, I'm walking behind a woman at night, how can I let you know that I'm not a creep? And it was very wholesome because, like, the women were like, this is what you can do. Um, either you pause and you wait for me to finish walking first, or you can pretend like you're talking on the phone with somebody, be like, hey, I'm coming by your house and whatever. I'm, like, basically giving her cues that I'm a normal person, right? Yep. And the guys were listening. They were like, Thank you for letting me know. Um, I, I'm more aware now of what to do. And I think that this is excellent, like, allyship. Just yeah. listening, having open, honest conversation. If you ask us what you could do, I'm very sure that you and I would be, like... Yeah, I think uh, we, actually had this con- uh, we actually had this conversation yesterday, like, very, very candidly with one of our colleagues. And he was saying that he would, like, pull out his keys to show that, like, you know, make noise to know that, to show that, hey, how I'm far here, you or, are. like, yeah, how, how far you are, or just show, like, oh yeah, I live here too, or like, you know, that kind of thing, or just kind of walk either, like, you kind of slow down your pace so that it doesn't sound, like, your footsteps don't sound threatening, mm. these kinds of things, like, just very subtle cues mm. to make you know that, okay, you're not alone, but also, like, I'm not coming after you. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the last point on, I mean, adding on to that, this is a difficult one, 
for everybody, I think one of the biggest things that we all have to do as society, mm. right, is really to have an honest conversation with ourselves to sit and reflect on the ways that we might have been perpetuating some of these kinds of sexist remarks, yeah. thoughts. Um, and if we had potentially maybe harassed, done anything that could be could, could verge on like harassment, yeah. I think that that's not an easy conversation to have. But if you are tuning in, even if you are a woman, I think it doesn't matter your gender. Whether you allowed it to happen or you participated in the act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. correct. So I think to round up today's conversation, um, I think we talked about a lot of very interesting things, mm. but I think I just want to take a moment and hold space for each other and all the women, all the men yeah, go yeah. through like cases of like harassment. Yeah. Um, your experiences are valid and you are hurt. Um, yeah, and I think my conclusion is really if you are a person of uh, if you are a victim or survivor, know that you know um, it's important to keep having conversations like these with yourself, um, with the people around you that you love. Um, know that you can remove yourself from the situation uh, that you feel uncomfortable in. You know you have the power to do that. Um, and for bystanders, I think that you have a part to play in making sure that the people around you are safe. Um, yeah, and keeping like your environment. Uh, harassment free one I think everybody has a duty and part to play yeah and I think um, if you are like Nicole or I and you find yourself ever in a situation where you have no idea what to do Mm. or you are just you are just in that position where you have to accept what's happening just know that these conversations can always be had with the people that you trust with um, uh, the people around you and it's not your fault because it can happen to anyone Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Nicole. Hugs. Hugs. (laughs) 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 Thank you.